This morning's reading is Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, We're going to look at Psalm 1. And uh, it'd be a great help if you could keep it open. Uh, I know it's tricky keeping your Bibles uh, open with gloves on, but um, if you could do that, that would be great. And um, if you've got a handout, you'll see where we're heading this morning. Let's pray as we begin. Psalm 19 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. Your ordinances are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. And so we pray, our Heavenly Father, as we look and reflect on this psalm this morning, that you would help us to see its true worth. And please, like the psalmist, would we taste its goodness? For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's fair to say, isn't it, that 2020 is not a year that any of us are going to look back on fondly. We're hoping for a much brighter 2021. Now, we know, of course, sadly, there's going to be a difficult couple of months ahead, but I guess all of us are longing for that moment we're going to be back with our families, where we can go to the supermarket without fear, where we can just have normal things like a a birthday party. But at the start of the year, I wanted us to look at this psalm, Psalm 1, because this psalm gets us to think, where is true happiness found this year? Where am I going to find true happiness in 2021? Is it that I'm waiting for the vaccine to kick in? Is it that moment where I get to hug my mother? Is it when I get to go to the party? Well, of course, they're good things. But Psalm 1 gets us to examine happiness on a far deeper level. And get us to think, where is true happiness found in the year ahead? Now, maybe you think to yourself, why are we talking about happiness this morning? I mean, and why are we talking about happiness in church? I mean, lots of people think that the Bible really isn't about happiness. But actually, the first word of this psalm, in fact, the first word of this whole book, the biggest book in the Old Testament, is the word that talks about happiness. Um, The word in our translations is the word blessed. Now, um, blessed can quite often be a religious word, the idea that God blesses, but this is a different word used here. Uh, this is a word that is more, uh, is more normal. It's uh, similar to the idea of being happy. And so lots of translations just translate this, happy is the man, or happy is the one. And so you can see right at the start of these Psalms, what's on the agenda? Well, it's happiness, Human, uh, humans being blessed. 
And the question I want us to ask this morning is, how do we get there? How do we experience this happiness? Well, there's three things I want us to see, surprise, surprise. Uh, First of all, in hearing the right voice. Secondly, in having the right perspective. And thirdly, in hoping in the right person. See, how does happiness come? Well, first of all, in hearing the right voice. See, this psalm, it begins by raising the question, who are we listening to? And it's very stark, isn't it? Um, It doesn't really do kind of areas of grey as a psalm. See, verse 1 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. Verse 2, here's the contrast, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Now, it's important to say that when the psalmist talks about sinners and mockers and wicked people there, he's not speaking about some special breed of people who've got red eyes and horns sticking out their heads. He's rather um, talking much more widely. See, to be a mocker in the Psalms or in the wisdom literature in general is to live life on my terms, to live life without reference to God. It's to say, I know best. And when you see that, you realize that this psalm isn't kind of pointing the finger outside to to other people. Actually, it's pointing to all of us. It's describing the world we live in. See, when it comes to happiness and fulfillment and being blessed, where does our culture look instinctively? Well, it looks inside, doesn't it? Not to God. Over Christmas, I watched um, far too many Disney films with my kids. And... uh, We watched uh, something called um, The Nutcracker and Four Realms, and if you're desperate to see it and don't want to spoil it, put your fingers in your ears, Uh, you've got permission to do that, spoiler alert. Uh, But um, it's a a film based loosely on the Nutcracker uh, play, and um, basically it's a Disney film, so um, it it starts off with a tragic beginning. Uh, The uh, main character's mother dies, and before she dies, she leaves gifts to all her children. And um, some of the other gifts are pretty obvious, but this main character, she gets a gift of an egg, a kind of uh, silver egg, and it's locked. And she looks at this egg, and she's very confused, and then she notices a note in the same package that says, everything you need is inside. And so she thinks to herself, I've got to get this egg unlocked, and she spends the whole film trying to find a key to this egg, and finally she gets the key, opens the egg, and what's inside? A mirror. And she thinks, is that it? But then she reads the note again. Everything you need is inside. You get it? I mean, it's almost a spoof, isn't it, on the Disney genre. But the point is that that's how our culture thinks. Everything you need is on the inside. It's not by looking outside of ourselves to, to parents, to any, any, the church or, or God. It's about looking inside ourselves. We don't need God to tell us. Trouble is with that view, though is if God exists, and if he made the world, and if he is, as he says he is, the source of all goodness, well, to not listen to him, to cut ourselves off from him, well, is to pull up the drawbridge in the path to happiness, isn't it? And you just see that in our culture. For all our culture's independence, has it made us any happier? Sure, we've got lots of things that can make us happy, But that desire for self-expression and self-reference has so often left us not happier, but emptier. Uh, Julian Barnes, the um, author 
he's not a Christian, and I love this quote by him. It's, it's, it's tragic, but it really resonates. He says this, I don't believe in God, but I miss him. And that's the sense, isn't it? We find ourselves in wanting God, but not being able to listen to him. So where does true happiness come from? Well, the answer comes in verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Now, the word law here, for for us uh, in the 21st century, it kind of has quite negative uh, reference, uh, kind of connotations. Uh, We think of law as commands, don't do this, do that, don't mingle, don't meet up with more than six. But that's not the sort of law that's being spoken about here. The law here is the word Torah, which describes the first five books of the Bible. So more than commands, uh, we're talking about the narratives and all the poetry. But actually, I think it's far broader than that. It's speaking about the whole of Scripture. And so where it says law, we should read God's revelation, His voice. In other words, it's not listening to the world, but listening to God Himself. And that word meditate, it doesn't kind of mean we sit cross-legged and say, um, it means that we reflect on. It's the word murmur. It's kind of speaking softly. That's the, that's the idea. It's, it, it's kind of having it uh, day and night. I, I don't know if you've, um, the closest thing I could think of is when you see a good film or uh, have a piece of music and you know for the next week you're thinking about that thing. That's the kind of idea here. It's not empty in our head. It's filling it with God's word. And so you can see the point, isn't it, that happiness, blessedness, doesn't come from looking within ourselves, looking at the mirror, but listening to our Creator from God, delighting in His voice. That makes sense, doesn't it? As you look across the whole of Scripture, uh, remember the one time where humanity was blessed. Well, where was it? Well, it was in Eden. And why were they blessed in Eden? Well, they enjoyed a good garden, didn't they? But more than that... They had a relationship with God. They heard his voice. And how was that happiness lost? Well, it's the moment they went against God's word, ignored his voice, and listened to themselves. See, the irony is that our world looks for happiness by looking inside, but actually to do that is to cut ourselves off. It loses the very thing it seeks. See, the key to unlocking happiness is delighting in our maker. And of course, that does make sense when you think practically, don't you? To to have a relationship with someone else, you need to be able to listen to them, to entertain their perspective on the world. I mean, if you want to have a relationship with someone, looking within yourself and listening to yourself is the worst advice possible. Um, One of the things I enjoy doing as a parent is uh, uh, looking at my kids playing and asking them what's going on. So my daughter will have all her Sylvanian families out, and uh, I'll ask her what's going on, and I, I need to make sure I've got 10 minutes to sit and listen, because she would tell me this whole scenario that's going on, how the Sylvanians are going for a picnic or a cinema trip, and how so-and-so's fallen out with such-and-such, and, such, and uh, this whole sort of EastEnders drama uh, happening. And do you know what? It's a joy to hear, because it's someone else's perspective on the world. And it reminds me, actually, that actually there is another way of seeing things, And it reminds me when I'm a bit too busy and uh, a bit too focused on tasks, it reminds me to find joy and have imagination like my kids. And in a similar way, but much greater, by coming to our maker, we hear a different perspective on things. 
we hear the world as it truly is, our lives as they truly are. And that's what the psalm says, that to find happiness, to be blessed, comes by listening to our Creator. And the question this morning is, do we believe that? I mean, God's Word, it is glorious, but it says some uncomfortable things. And it's quite tough to access in places. It's an effort to read and work out. And it doesn't kind of give instant, quick answers, does it? Um, Sometimes we have to work very hard at it. I mean, I've been in formal training and I worked out for over a decade now. And I still barely think I understand the Scriptures. But happiness comes through delighting in, meditating on, letting God's Word, His voice be heard. And as we look at the year ahead, I wonder if that's where our focus is. I mean, we're all obviously looking forward to the vaccination kicking in. We're all focused on that first hug. And we thank God for those things. I don't want to uh, downplay those things. But I do want us to see that ultimate happiness, true blessedness, comes in delighting in God's voice. Maybe we're asking ourselves, is that really true, though? I mean, it's not immediately obvious, is it, that God's Word is the path to happiness? And of course, we look around the world and we think there are many people who are happy who don't listen to God's voice. And on the flip side, there are many people who listen to God's voice who don't seem very happy. But secondly, I want us to see that happiness comes from having the right perspective as well. See, I don't know what you think of when you hear the word blessed or happy. Um, For me, I imagine someone kind of punching the air with a big smile on their face. But happiness spoken about here is actually quite different to that. It's far deeper and far more profound. See, there are two contrasting images we're given in the psalm to help us to picture what happiness looks like and what it doesn't. See, verse 3 says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does, he prospers. See, trees, um, I'm told in the Middle East, have a hard time in their climate. Um, The trees grow fruit, I didn't know this, but grow fruit over the summer period. And that's the very period that the, the environment said it's hottest and most hostile. And so it's very hard for trees to grow fruit in a hot climate. But here's a tree that's planted by streams of water, and so it's nourished constantly and is able to bring fruit in season. But the contrast is very clear, isn't it? Verse 4, not so the wicked, they're like chaff. Uh, The wind blows away. See, the chaff is like the bits of popcorn that get stuck in your teeth. It uh, sits around the seed, and the farmer, when they harvest, they would toss the seed up into the, the air and let the breeze carry the chaff off. It's useless. And you can see why these images are chosen, can't you? What it's showing us about happiness. See, happiness here is not the kind of quick fix or the the moment of joy. This is long-lasting, deep, fruit, year after year. Now, what makes the difference between those two images? Well, verse 5 gives us the answer. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. See, what the psalm does is get us to ask what's happening long-term. It gets us to look on the horizon, and it looks ahead to the judgment. And we're not clear here whether that's talking about the judgment on the final day, possibly, or the judgment that God brings in His world. But it doesn't matter, because the point is it's getting us to look ahead 
and think, is there a happiness that can last the course? See, you and me, I, I think we have such a low view of happiness. We think in terms of the quick fix, the moment of joy. But this psalm is opening up a different type of happiness to us. And what is that happiness? What does it look like? Well, in some ways, we have to read the whole of the Psalms. And um, I know it's too cold to read through 150 Psalms this morning. But um, the point is, as you look through the Psalms, you see that happiness on display. See, the way this Psalm's been placed is very deliberate. It's the kind of gateway into the whole of the Psalms. And the point is that when we get into the Psalms, we're going to see life in a very different way. There's going to be the gray areas, the messiness, the suffering, the hardship, the darkness. And we're going to see people like David, King David, who's faithful, but yet he suffers. He's rejected. We're going to see God's people who love God, who seek him, and yet they feel abandoned. And Psalm 1 is showing us that that suffering, that darkness, is not the opposite to being blessed Because there is a long-term happiness, a happiness that stays the course, that bears fruit in season. So you have a look at uh, just some examples here. Here's David speaking in Psalm 16. Now David at this point is suffering immensely. And what does he say about God? You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Or take this other psalm, someone, not necessarily David, who's speaking about their struggles. And they say, when I said my foot is slipping, your unfailing love, Lord, supported me. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. And so here is a happiness that doesn't kind of just change our circumstances, but is able to help us face those circumstances. A joy that can weather all the ups and downs of life. But where does that joy come from? Well, verse 6 gives us the answer. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. See, verse 6 is the first time the Lord himself is mentioned. And um, what it literally says, um, it's not kind of, um, the idea here is not that he kind of watches over us passively, but the word here is literally, he knows. And so the idea is that the Lord knows us and is keeping us. He's with us. See, here's the answer to true happiness, to long-lasting happiness. It's not the quick fix. It's being known by our maker and knowing him. See, that relationship, it starts now and it lasts eternity, even the judgment to come. I was um, over Christmas, as well as watching Disney films, trying to do something a bit more fruitful, and um, reading a biography of John Bunyan, uh, the minister who lived several centuries ago. And his suffering was incredibly um, uh, sobering. Uh, He spent 12 long years in prison, and um, when he went to prison, uh, his wife, he just got married a year after he got married, his wife became pregnant, and she miscarried with all the stress and strain of him being in prison. And uh, he came out, and he went back in prison again, where he wrote Pilgrim's Progress. And uh, here's what he says while he's in prison. And it's, it's a long quote, but it's worth reflecting on. I never 
had in all my life so great an inlet into the Word of God as now. This is him in prison. Those scriptures that I saw nothing in before are made in this place and state to shine upon me. Sometimes when I've been in a savior of them, I have been able to laugh at destruction and to fear neither the horse nor his rider. I've had sweet sights of the forgiveness of my sins in this place and of my being with Jesus in another world. See, this is a different type of happiness, isn't it? A happiness that doesn't come just from our circumstances turning around. But knowing the Lord, even in the darkest of places. And I wonder what sort of happiness we're looking for in 2021. See, so many of us settle for a a poor substitute, don't we? Understandably, we're looking for the joy that might come from the pandemic slowing and uh, opportunities opening up. And they're, they're good things. But we know those things won't ultimately satisfy. They didn't make us happy before, and they won't afterwards. All of us need something deeper. And in this psalm, we have it on offer. In knowing the Lord, in listening to his voice, we can find that we're blessed. Many of us, I guess, will be suffering, particularly at this time, uh, perhaps from the effects of the virus or just the general atmosphere of things feeling very bleak at the moment. And we may feel that the Lord isn't close by, but I hope this encourages us to remind us that he knows. He watches over the way of the righteous. But maybe some of us, and I include myself in this, our attention often strays onto other things for happiness thinking if I can get this new exercise regime in place or build new relationships or change jobs, then true happiness can be found there. But actually, true happiness can only be found in knowing the Lord. Now, the question is, how do we know that's true? I guess lots of us will think, well, that sounds very attractive, but how can I be so confident? Well, finally, I want us to see that happiness only comes by hoping in the right person. Because this psalm isn't ultimately about us. See, there is a way to read this psalm that's very kind of self-centered, and you sort of read it and think, well, here's the key to happiness. I just need to meditate on God's Word, and as I do that, I will find that I'm blessed. But actually, this psalm is pointing you and me to the one who has lived this. See, really, there is only one man who didn't walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. One who did not get strayed by the opinions of a crowd, or do anything for his own fame, or live as he saw fit, looking within himself. There's only one man whose delight was on the law of the Lord, who when facing temptation in the desert, quoted to Satan God's word and lived it out, even when there were hunger pains in his stomach. One who got up early to commune with his Father in heaven. Who stayed up all night praying while his disciples slept. Your will be done. See, this psalm isn't just about us. It's about Jesus, the true man who delighted in this law. But the thing is, he didn't prosper as this psalm promises. Instead, he became like chaff. He was not the fruitful tree of this psalm, was he? 
uh, nourished by streams of water. He was hung on a tree with only vinegar to quench his thirst. But he chose that path, chose to be numbered with the wicked, chose to not sit in the assembly of the righteous, but to be crucified in the company of thieves, so that you and me may be blessed, may taste this happiness, not because of our ability to delight in the law day and night, but because of his. And so as we look at this psalm, we are seeing a a way in to being blessed, to find true happiness. But we're only seeing that that happiness is not found in our resolve and our strength, but hoping in the one who has achieved this for us. Jesus says this in John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. It is hoping in him, coming to him, that happiness will be found. So as we think ahead to 2021 and the many things that we hope are going to happen this year, what are we ultimately looking for? See, if we want to find happiness, and I'm sure we all do, it comes in listening to the right voice, having the right perspective, and hoping in the right person. As we close, I just want to outline a few kind of random thoughts of what this might look practically. Uh, These are things to take away to discuss in uh, virtual tea and coffee or to discuss as a family. Clearly, um, if we're to do this, we need to be uh, hearing God's word if we want to listen to his voice. And the psalm isn't really talking about the kind of quick two-minute devotion or the kind of um, verse that springs up on our notifications, is it? It's talking about something far deeper, to have uh, uh, my whole life orientated around God's word. Uh, The day and night there, I um, have tried to put into practice by making sure the Bible's the first thing I look at in the morning, and as I go to sleep, reading a book that uh, is kind of devotional and getting me into the scriptures. And a a question my um, trainer used to ask me, not my personal trainer, my kind of person who (laughs) uh, trained me in Bible teaching, he, he used to ask us, what are we daydreaming about? And it was a good question because it shows us that it's not about getting a good biblical IQ here, but what am I being captivated by? What's feeding my imagination? Is it about having God's consciousness infect my own? See, lots of things do capture my imagination, but when it's not God and his word, I know something's gone amiss. So... Uh, uh, it's also worth saying that at this time of year, many of us are thinking about Bible reading plans. And um, there are lots out there, and my advice would be just to pick one. Don't look for the perfect one. Uh, there isn't one, uh, but just pick any one. And I guess uh, working out from us as individuals, what does this look like as a family? Uh, if we've got a family, we've got a responsibility, haven't we, to, to ensure, if we want our family to be happy, to be ensure that God's Word is at the center And we all stray from that family life's hard enough, especially now, but how can we keep this word central? And I guess moving out from that, what does this look like for a church? See, we're in a transition period, we're thinking ahead to the future, and I wonder if this will be something we fight for, something we continue to have, to have God's word central, to delight in that, because that is the way the church can find true happiness, not in changing our circumstances, but knowing the Lord who watches over our way. There's some thoughts to take away, to reflect, 
and to put into practice. Let's pray as we finish. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Our gracious Father, we praise you for the Lord Jesus, uh, who did this perfectly. Thank you for him. Thank you for walking the path we never could. Thank you, Father, that he has brought us blessing in him. And we pray, Father, as we seek to follow him and to live out our lives reflecting him, please, Father, give us the strength to know how to do that. Please help us to put into good practices this year. And please, Father, help us to look for happiness as you define it. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.